I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, my name is Ali Vignon, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 You hear that, Anthony? That is the effort of the Philadelphia Flyers for the final two periods of a Game 3 loss. The first time that the Flyers have lost when scoring first in the game, going back to the round robin. They now drop to 8-1 and one when scoring the first goal. Welcome into post-game of Game 3, the Press Row Show, Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, and... For a game that started off as well as this one did for the Flyers, uh, it looked like the team had rallied around their coach who had been embroiled in some media-concocted, nonsensical, you know, controversial storyline about his comments or lack thereof on Wednesday and Thursday. Looked like they had rallied around their coach. Looked like they had come out, you know, as you like to say, piss and vinegar. Uh, Looked great. Second period, things go sideways. 5.1 seconds left. Carter Hart lets in a softy. You think, all right, third period, they're going to get it together. Another kind of softy, and here we are. Now the Flyers face a 2-1 series deficit and now have to beat this Islanders team three out of the next four games. Mind you, they had not won a game against this team in three attempts in the regular season. And the only win they've had against the Islanders now in six games this season is an overtime winner in game two. Your thoughts. Uh, My thoughts are it's still a long series. You can't, I I don't think, and we're going to, I'm reading the comments as they're coming in and they're coming in fast and furious and it's all, the, the world is ending. The Flyers suck. They can't compete with this team. Oh, my God. This is terrible. Vino's not as good a coach as we thought. Drew is on the milk carton. I, it's the same It's the same stuff every time. And, look, I can't get on board with that until the team's done. I've seen it. I've been around this sport for 22 years mm-hmm. covering it. Mm-hmm. Okay? 22 years. I've seen this. I've seen teams down two games to one. I've seen teams look bad and then all of a sudden figure it out. I saw a team come back from three, nothing down in a series and had guys in the locker room. Tell me it was going to happen. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. I was you. I was the fan base 10 years ago and it happened. Oh, I'm not angry. Not you. Not you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, the fan, you, the fans. Okay. Yes. Yes. No, no, I was, I was, I was just like you guys. So I've seen it. It's happened before. I admit, I'm not going to sit here and, and make pretend it's all, you know, rainbows and unicorns at this point, because it's not. <laughs> okay. I mean, the team's not played great. They really have not played well. Yeah. Um, they haven't been consistent enough. They've had stretches. Look, I thought that there were a couple of moments in this game where they came really close to scoring and like crazy saves happen one off the side of Varlamov's mask and even realize it hit him one hit off the knob of his stick that was ticketed for the corner of the net one the save on Farabee everybody says oh great save his head's not it's still turning as it's as he as it makes the save just I mean look yeah give him credit his pads out there 
but I mean, it catches the lip of that of the pad. That's probably a little bit too big anyway, if you really measured it, right? But I mean, yeah. literally, we're talking inches, flyers inches away from scoring a bunch of goals. That doesn't mean that they were the better team tonight. They were. They certainly weren't by any stretch of the imagination. The Islanders were certainly the better team. But what I'm saying is, is that things like that, plays like that, can can just as quickly turn and happen in the next game and change the momentum of a series. Just because you're down 2-1 is not the end. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we all, there is not a person, I don't know of anybody in in around in and around the sport who said this is a four or five game series, right? I mean, we've all said six, seven games. So if in fact it is a seven game series, which was my prediction, I predicted the Flyers in seven, although I did say, yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I mean, I'm going to go with it. I think it's a seven game series and I think it can swing either way in game seven. I'll take the Flyers because they're a little bit more talented. That, that, that is still very much in play to have that happen. And if you have go, if you go seven games, you're going to lose three. So they've lost two so far. If they win tomorrow, what's everybody's reaction? Are we going to have everybody telling us that the team is terrible, that the captain's missing, that all this stuff, if they win the game tomorrow night? No. Well, no, they're not going to say that. Here's only after a loss. Here's one stat for you that is a little bit concerning, potentially. If, if you drop tomorrow night, and obviously at that point, everybody's going to be ready to jump from the Ben Franklin Bridge. Um, since 2000, only 13 times in NHL history has a team come back from a 3-1 series deficit to win. Um, now, of course, it happened in 2019, most recently, uh, San Jose versus the Golden Knights. It happened for the Rangers twice in a row back in 2014 and 2015 against the Penguins and Capitals, respectively. Who was the coach then? <laughs> See, I'm glad glad you caught on to that one. Uh, 2014, back to the Kings. They overcame a 3-0 deficit and went on to win the Stanley Cup Finals. You go back to 2013. The Blackhawks took down the Red Wings and ended up going on to win the Stanley Cup Finals. So, like... It's not it's not a death knell. And by the way, the first one was 2000. The Devils came back uh, from 3-1 down to beat the Flyers and won the Stanley Cup final. So it's not like it's the end of the world, but you do start to get into, well, it's not that's, it's that's not very common, but that's 3-1. No, no, no. I'm just trying to give people, I think I'm actually just trying to soften the blow a little bit of if for some reason things go sideways tomorrow, like there is precedent that teams can come back and they can even go all the way to the Stanley Cup and win. It's just... I get why people would be a little bit concerned. I'm more concerned with the recency. I know that you're not a big historical trend guy. The recency of you've now lost five of six this season against the Islanders. Winning three of four is a really tough challenge. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's easy, but we, we said all along the series wasn't going to be easy. Sure. I thought it was going to go seven. Right, so the series all along. And, and if a series goes seven, somebody has to be up two to one to force yeah. at, at some after three games. Sure. Right. If I mean, it could, could well, be three zero, but at least two. Somebody has to be up sure. to one after three games to four seven games. So that's where we're at. Look, if they lose tomorrow night, I'm not going to sit here and 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 try and you know shoot sunshine up your butt. I'm I'm not. Okay. Shoot <laughs> <Don't> anything. <laughs> okay. Shoot anything. Okay. I'm not going to start doing that because. Yeah. You know, 3-1, yeah, it's a lot more daunting. Is it over? No. But at the same time, you know, the odds are what you just They're said. Bad. It's a lot tougher. It's a yeah. lot harder to come back. But 2-1, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to say, you know, mail it in. Yeah. You know what? If you uh, everybody Here's, in here, I would say to everyone in here who's freaking out at 2-1, who's freaking out at 2-1, don't bother watching them more. Wow. Don't bother watching. Wow, you you're gonna, are you going to add them to that ban list that was going around Twitter and, and got a bunch of radio people? That dire, if you think it's that dire to be down two games to one in a seven-game series, okay, in the second round of the NHL playoffs, then don't bother. So don't here's, bother what I, here's, here's, I think, the best way that this goes. Flyers win tomorrow. They win game five, right? And they go up 3-2. They lose game six, but then... You come back to why it's so important to have home ice advantage, have that last shift or the last change, and then you win game seven. And then it all just kind of goes according to plan. But they're not going to rattle off three straight. 
Right. You say, I, I, I don't, you say I they're don't. not. I say they're not. I mean, you're probably not. They're not right? going to rattle off three They're strikes. probably so, not. So to me, but, it's, but again, I will never sit here and say it ain't going to, it's not yeah. happening. Oh, I've seen it happen. I'm saying definitively, they're not going to win the next three games. <laughs> they will not. Uh, All right. So let's go to the comments. There are so many. We got to scroll through. I'm going to, I'm going to rush through these and then we're going to get to as many of them as we can. Uh, Matthew Carmody says, I'm not being flippant. But does this team just get totally out hustled constantly? It, I mean, it seems like it at times. It seems like there are stretches of the game where I feel like the Islanders control the play for a lot longer than you think. And I think that the problem there, Matt, is that the Flyers aren't used to that. The Flyers yeah. are usually the team doing that to other teams. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's something that they don't respond to as well. MDF says Giroux and Voracek played awesome. Love those guys. You're going to get killed. I'm just letting you Dude, know. Andy. This guy, you're, first of all, you're, you're going to get, Mr. you are, you are, you are going to get, you are going to get Mr. Flash is a troll and a half. So if you want to read every one of his okay. comments, well, I don't know how many there are, but there's, I, there's, there's like 12. Okay. He's like commenting. Left Sean, Sean D says, uh, now tomorrow is a must win. No pressure. Well, yeah. But yeah, game two, a, game two was a must win and uh, they won it. Uh, well, you don't, uh, you uh, think, if they would have been down 2-0, would it have been a good thing? Uh, no. Spinning my wheels through life says AV outcoached two no, series in a row now. My wheels, you're driving. You've been one of our most loyal guys on this on the on the press row show. We love Four you. Gals, we don't know. We're pretty sure guy. I think I think it's a guy. It's okay. a picture of a guy. I think it's a guy. Well, that, that's uh, a Darth I'm, Vader. Anthony, it's a picture of Darth Vader. I that's can't, not, that's I can't. Okay. Well, you can see it better than I can from my on, on my screen. <laughs> um but I mean, despite being so loyal, like to take this out on the coach, you're, you're serious. You cannot take this out on the coach. Where the is team your captain? Is not here. Is your we captain? are not talking on August 29th about the Flyers in the playoffs without Elaine Vigneault. Okay. Justin Kent says maybe the Islanders were just bad in the first period. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, Matthew Carmody says uh, they're not playing with the urgency of a playoff team. Thomas Dixon says Hackstall must be a video coach. Uh, Josh S says the Flyers are basically conditioned to play uh, speed hockey for 20 minutes. Then they play in sand. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not certain that that. I mean, I just want to just address that. I'm, I'm not certain that that's exactly right. I think what happens is, is that the Flyers find uh, a way to, you know, this first. Lose. Yes, they, no, no, Good, no, yeah. they found a, they found something that would work. Yeah. against the Islanders, and they did it for a period, and that's fine. But then the Islanders have a really good coach who counters it. And yeah. and that's, you know, hey, I mean, I, I, it's just a thing. And so at that point, once they've countered it, now you have to figure out, okay, what can we try and do within that framework? And it's not always that easy to do. It's yeah. easier to defend than it is to attack in hockey. So Snipper Flyer says, uh, cue the coach in Letterkenny, embarrassing. Oh boy. Joseph Horakowski says, well, now we have to win tomorrow. Or the series is over. Spinning my wheels through life says, you can't survive playoff games. You need to dictate the play and Flyers don't. Anthony DeGrazio says, holy bleep, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Eric Woodland says, Flyers being outscored 6-0 in the third. Torts has a formula and it's working. It's Shocker. It should be trots. Yeah, it should be, should be trots. Uh, Torts is probably sitting back having a mimosa i don't know christopher hauck says i don't think av was out coach i think the flyers didn't play after the first 20 they, well they changed their philosophy after yeah. the first 20 and that was what i was concerned about yeah, yeah i don't get that uh av better hit the video harder says spinning he's just gone totally av now barry schaefer says hot take time they're misreceiving passes they're losing the puck when stick handling bigger fish to fry but executing the stuff you learned when you were seven could be a good start weird yeah. Bad it, fundamentals. It, that's a Sixers thing. Shouldn't it, be a Flyers. And thing. you know, you know what it is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is, Barry. And and that's a very good observation because that is what's hurting them, especially on the breakout. The Islanders' pressure is so good that the Flyers sometimes are making the pass too quick or trying to catch the pass and go too quick without a man even right on them. Like that's like they're responding mentally to the pressure that might not even physically be there at that at that instant. Like I look at like 
you know, different plays. And I think that that's kind of, that kind of happens sometimes. And it's credit to the Islanders for that. All right. Uh, next one we've got Pitlick was the best player and Provy one of the worst. That's not a recipe for winning, says me. I, I wouldn't say Provy was one of the worst. No. So here is an issue, though. This what? is one. Well, thing. Why is Provy, why is Provy the worst? Take, Go ahead. Come, take come on. I saw your take, tweet. Come on. Tell me. Why is he the worst? I didn't say he's the worst. Will you chill out? You need I to take a deep breath. I know what you said. There, there have been issues during the power play of Provorov not being able to keep the puck in at the blue line on a pass back to him. That has been a thing since at least the knockout stage. I don't know if I have to go back and watch all the film on it to, to calculate it. I think it's at least six times that we've seen it happen where a, a simple pass back to him, not, you know, a carom off the boards, not a, you know, an attempt to clear and he can't keep it in. It's been a pass back to him that I think he's maybe he's overthinking. I don't know, but hasn't been as shorthanded at the blue line as, as you would hope. How's that ice been at that at that arena? It doesn't matter. But it does. No, it doesn't. But it does because no, it you're doesn't. used to catching a pass a certain way. And no. if the puck's rolling or bouncing, it happens. All right. So I then- led the NHL in goals by a defenseman on the power play. Which is wonderful. It is. It's it's great. It doesn't change the fact that they've had issues. I'm ready to go puck. all Missinelli on you right now. You're going to punch me in the face. No, I'm going to throw the head. I need to get you suspended. Is that what's going to happen? Throw the like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, do. totally. I'm totally ready for it. Okay. Jim Tarkangelo says AV needed to shake up the lines to do something between the second and the third. Christopher Houck says, uh, can we blame the Philly inquirer for this nonsense? <laughs> That's a whole thing. I'll tell you, man, they don't, 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 don't sleep on that being an issue for AV. I'm serious. That's it's unfortunate, but that's that's a thing. Man's feeling a lot of unnecessary, you know, s- sliding. Shai Zim says uh, when the Flyers lose, they lose badly, totally outplayed. I think that's pretty fair beyond the first period. Chris Sezanek says, someone tell me why when we have a six on four power play against a defense, a defensive heavy team like the Islanders, we spend two minutes letting them continually get set up defensive defensively. That is unacceptable at this point. So, that, okay, no, here, here's the thing. And I, I, Chris, I don't know how old you are, but I, I, I get the sense that but just from this message that you're a little bit older. You've, you've seen some hockey. You've watched this game for several years. You aren't a very young fan. This is the way you build the guy up before you try to. No, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to try and explain something. So I'm of the same, uh, you know, I'm of the same mindset as Chris. I miss the power play that constantly kept a, a penalty kill off balance that used to be a thing in the past that's what hockey you know power plays used to work nowadays in in today's game in today's nhl it's about getting shots through lanes and having bodies in front that can bang in loose rebounds they feel like the percentages uh, of that kind of goal happening occur a lot more than you you know, making the box move and whatever else. Meanwhile, also defensively, the box is is a lot smaller and a lot tighter than it ever used to be. Yeah, that that uh, four man unit used to be two up high and two down low with a lot of room in between to pass. Right now, you, they they team uh, teams hardly challenge the point. The guys at the point pretty much just stand out there with the puck if they want to, and it's basically like telling it's like telling a seven foot center to shoot a three. Right, I mean, it's basically go ahead shoot it. See what happens. If you make it from out there, good on you. And if you don't, then we're going to get the puck and get it out of the zone. So it, it's the game has changed, and I'm not a fan of what it is right now because it's not it's not exciting. But I, I like the old way. But that's just the way it is in today's NHL. Joseph Horakovsky says, "I loved watching the Flyers play in the defensive zone from five minutes left in the first <laughs> until 15 minutes left in the third. It was not a good stretch." Me says, if you blame this loss on heart, Russ, you are wrong. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't blame the loss on Carter. I don't. Hart. I don't. I don't blame the loss. Do I think the two of the goals were soft and are ones that he should have, given how locked in he was in the first? Especially, I the do. I do. Especially, especially, yeah. especially. I really do think he's got to have those. Especially and, the third one. The second here's, one. Here's the problem. Yeah, with, with probably both. A, Here's the problem with anointing the Messiah. You can't do it and then not be willing to admit when there are faults or when there are mistakes. He's, and for, he's a very good goalie. He's been exceptional in stretches. He was exceptional to start the game. 
He still gave up two soft goals. You know, and it happens to everybody. Henrik Lundqvist, fantastic goalie. Hey, it happened to Varlamov last game. Let up plenty of soft goals in his career, right? I mean, Martin Brodeur, same thing, right? We can go down the list. And guess what? Those guys are still going to go down as all-time greats at their position. But guess what? They still, you know, they still let up soft goals and their fans still called them out and the media still called them out for making those mistakes. You can't just give people the, you know, the benefit of the doubt all the time and say, well, you know, it's not his fault. Two soft goals. It was. You have those two soft goals back. It's a 1-1 game. You're going to overtime. Were the circumstances surrounding the goals perfect? No. Was the defensive positioning great? No. Was the hustle back great on both goals? No. Did he still let up two softies? Yes, he did. Can we still say that's a problem? Yes, we can. Does Brian Elliott start tomorrow? He probably should. And I think it's not he will. Because, and it's not because Carter Hart's bad. It's because Carter Hart doesn't do well on the second half of back-to-backs. This is the same conversation we had with Wednesday and Thursday. But there, at some point, at some point, you've got to... You got to change things up. And maybe that's the thing. It's not a shock to the system, but it's like, all right. I'll say this. I'll say this. Carter Hart on one, on the one uh, play that led to the, I think it was the second goal, the end of the second period. Puck comes behind the net, right? Yeah. And he plays it, and he played it okay. And he's gotten a little bit better with his puck handling, but it's still an issue to me. It's still bad. And rather than forcing it, he goes forehand every time. And so I think what happens here is that the Islanders pursue that way. And maybe he needs to mix it up once in a while. It's like it's like how Free Freeman can hit against the Philly shift all the time, right? How come he can do that? Because he knows it's coming and he is able to go the opposite way. Carter's got to mix it up every once in a while and go backhand, go to the backhand side and get the puck out on, on that side of the ice. And that kind of leads to what happens on that on that goal. And that's, you know nobody's going to talk about that being the reason they're going to say Provorov's turnover. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ultimately it goes, it starts with the play with, with the goalie. Yeah. It's got to be better there. He's got to be, be- it's, not, by, it, by it's the not the reason they lost, but there are parts of his game tonight where he needed to be better. Another Philadelphia inquirer writer, Mike Sealski tweets out, over his last 25 playoff games, Claude Giroux has one goal and nine points and is a minus 12. That's wonderful. Did you know that Claude Giroux has only scored one goal in his last 16 games going back to the regular season? Did you know that? But goals don't matter. It's fine. I get it. He's always on the ice. I get it. It's great. Fraud Giroux says, uh, spinning my wheels through life. Aaron Aaron Frank says, uh, how do we feel about mayo, oil, and vinegar on a hoagie? All three together, Aaron? That's gross. That's nasty. Never all three together. Aaron, I need to know. I need to know what hoagie you're trying to. Is that like an Italian Aaron, hoagie? Like we need we need to talk, Aaron. On a hoagie, like a real like an Italian hoagie, there's only one solution. There's only one answer. Yeah, it's oil, oil, oil and vinegar. No vinegar, just oil. Mm. Vinegar mm. kills it, man. Yeah, you vinegar, just, vinegar you just makes have, it, it kills. Yeah, you the just taste have a garbage. It. You have a garbage palate. That's what that is. No, it's oil. Uh, Nick DeCristo Senior says Pitlick and Hart were the two best flyers. But all three of those goals were very leaky. Well, Hart was really good. So that's a thing. Like it was, he was really good at times. Yeah, and he made all the good. hard saves, and then, yeah. you know, uh, Chris Sesnick says, "Not saying this is over, but come on, we can't let them set up like that." Bill Watts says Giroux was on the milk carton, though. Bob Burntquist says uh, three unanswered goals in three straight games. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Carmody says. Too easy on Varlamov. No traffic in front. Constant dump-ins that don't work. Lazy forecheck. The the thing about the traffic is there was that stretch in the six on four that they ran where all of a sudden the cutesy, let's look for the seam, let's look for the perfect pass, the perfect shot. That didn't happen. It was just a frantic like 45 seconds of just ripping the puck on net and getting guys in Varlamov's face. And you kind of wonder, because you see it in that moment, you're like, why doesn't this happen? I mean, just in general on the power play, although there haven't been many penalties called against the Islanders in this series, but just in general, conceptually, why is there not more traffic in front of Varlamov? Why was there not more traffic in front of Carey Price? And we go back to the first goal of this game. You got JVR in his face, 
And look what happened. You had traffic in his face. And look what happened. They just don't do a good enough job of generating traffic in front and taking the eyes away from the goalie. They haven't done it well in two consecutive series. And at some point, you've got to question why. Okay. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Spinning my wheels through life says, Ant, the problems since round one have not been figured out. Jonathan Brodo says, couple things. One, credit to the Isles. They're playing great. Two, extra days off definitely helped Isles over the Flyers. Three, hate blaming refs, but yikes. T says, regardless of how the season ends, this team needs more speed priority this offseason, in my opinion. Barry Schaefer says, need a concerted effort team-wide to make Anders Lee extremely uncomfortable for the rest of the series. He's stirring the drink right now. He's almost like um, Suzuki, right? Just causing, well, causing yeah, mayhem. Not the, same, not the same kind of player, but I mean, if that's the guy you want to target as being the Suzuki of the series, okay, fine. But no, it's a diff- completely different kind of player, uh, for sure. Here's your, uh, here's some backup from Snipper Flyer. Our fan base doesn't deserve Claude Giroux. He's been totally unappreciated his whole tenure here. You know, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm hearing is that he's a, uh, they're he's a Hall of Fame they're, they're hoping that uh, Seattle takes him next summer. They actually uh, prefer to. Yeah. Ca- I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, nice. Joseph Horakovsky says uh, two missed interference calls on Islanders led directly to an odd man rush where we were forced to take a penalty. Philly sport fan says so glad our coach had to spend a few hours writing a letter defending himself instead of preparing. Hey, I'm telling you, man, it's it, it's a thing. You talked about a pregame. I did. You did. It's a thing. Jordan Viva says, pretty bummed out, but hoping for a better outcome tomorrow. Trying to stay positive for you, Ant. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that, bud. Uh, three of four times Islanders got lucky in stopping the Flyers, says uh, uh, Jim Darkangelo. There were a few. I mean, there were a few saves that Varlamov made that he didn't even know he made. Tyler Heath says, can the Flyers play 60 minutes? If they play like they did in the first period, I think we can beat them. Uh, spinning my wheels through life says G can leave the bubble. Joseph Horakovsky says the refs are making sure or the refs are being told to make sure that these games don't take long two hours and 29 minutes from puck drop to the final whistle. Shai Zim says flyers have played three good periods this entire series. Just real quick on the length of the game. Yeah. Every game is the same length. You go, we know when we're, when we are covering, covering the games, right? Russ. Yeah. Regulation. If it's seven, seven o'clock, uh, start. Yep. Nine forty. We're heading downstairs. Yep. Almost every, every time. game, unless there's a glass part of the glass breaks, or there's a like a real long review, yep. or a lot of fights, or something like that, might stretch it out an extra five or ten minutes. Nine forty. Every game is over. Yep. It's in regulation. Yep. Hundred percent. Gary Heller says, "Get the captain's picture on a milk carton." Mm. Ryan Orson says, "Flyers uh, more so beating themselves these playoffs so far." Uh, T says Farabee gets robbed post and great and lucky saves more than anyone I've ever seen flyers and seven is what I think says David Mako. Thanks Chris, David. Chris Mack double O says, uh, it's time to get Farabee out of the lineup. Black aces practices in, in a weight room. Connect top line. Gary Heller says Tampa beats either of these teams in five games. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's five, but I think Tampa is going to the cup final. Wow. Uh, Burke Rickety says every inch that helped Varlamov make a save was an inch that led to a goal against Hart. Unlucky. Mm, good, good, anal- good analysis on that. Old producer Ryan Lennox says that he hates my face so much. Lennox, I hope you're doing well. Much love. The old stooge you. Chris Mac says AV has to go play or has to go back to style of play and lineup that got this team 89 points prior to the break. Steve Petruskovich on Facebook says thoughts on maybe putting, uh, maybe putting connect me. Is there a second part there? I, maybe on another line. Well, let me, you, let me address connect. Pulling connect me. I don't know. Let me, let me, let me address connect me. Um, I was told, uh, a game and a half, ago, uh, game ago. And then, uh, yeah, it was before game two that he may have a shoulder injury. But I wasn't given that with 100% confirmation, so I hadn't really reported it. But the more I watch him play, the more I see him kind of kind of avoiding Gimping contact on that yeah. side a little bit. Um, and if that's the case, if he's playing hurt, and guess what? Guys play hurt yeah. right, in the playoffs. We know this. Mm-hmm. Guys yep. play with significant injuries in the playoffs and after the game after the playoffs are over and you find out what the injuries were and you're like how the hell did he play with that you know yep. how did he, like there's guys who've played with torn acls and broken feet and like and they've played okay yep. so it happens in the playoffs um 
So we might find out that if not, if after the playoffs are over, they say, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's healthy. Then it's like, well, damn it. He had a bad series, right? Yep. Um, or bad playoffs. But I think that there might be something there. We'll 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 see if as this goes forward. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Chris Duffy yep. asks how, how we can see it go in seven games since they've been outplayed six of nine periods. It's just the, the way that these Chris, games work out, you don't have to dominate every period. After three games in a seven-game series, one team is either up 3-0 or 2-1. There it is. And that's where we are. So can we still see it going seven games? And algebra. Yes. Here he is again. Uh, all right. Ryan Lennox also points out that you're a class act. He's, uh, not, a great, he's not a he's great a, judge of character. A good, he's a good guy. Wags, Wags says, so tired of G disappearing in the damn playoffs. I thought they should have moved him years ago. Oh, boy. Anthony's just going to he's going to implode, explode. I don't know. Uh, Andrew Franz Franz over on Facebook says, I would, I would, I would recommend what that every anti Claude Giroux oh, person in here, go back, watch the game again and just watch Claude Giroux, just watch Giroux. And then tell me the guy's not playing his ass off. Okay. Yeah. He hasn't scored. He's not a goal scorer per se. Yeah. Do I, would I like for him to have had a goal by now? Yes. Would it have been helpful? Yes. But watch him play hockey, including you, Russ. Take the frigging time and go back and just watch Giroud. To a wall. Okay. Jesus. You guys knew what you were talking Nice guy. Nice guy. Believe me. Fantastic guy. Chris Max says, continuous forcing a Farabee into the lineup has all but destroyed the Hayes and Konechny second line. Warren Brody says, Anthony, what changes would you make for the Flyers tomorrow? Well, if Raffle's healthy, I'm going to assume that he is. I put Raffle in for Farabee. That's what I would do. Okay. I thought the third and fourth lines were great, to be honest with you. I mean, I thought that they played pretty well tonight. Um, yeah, there were a couple of series, I mean, a couple of um, shifts with that were like, eh. But for the most part, I thought that the third and fourth line played well. Steve Petruskovich asks our thoughts on putting Konechny, G, and Coots together for game I, four. I wrote that the uh, after game one. I would have thought about doing it for game two, and then, of course, it worked game two worked out fine for the flyers um it didn't happen tonight so yeah i would think that maybe you put konechny there and you could play Vorchek with um with hayes and and uh raffle maybe maybe that's your new second line uh matt del rossi says we're not the broad street bullies but i don't see any big hits we aren't built for the playoffs i i disagree i think there's a lot of hits in these games i think jvr had a big hit in this game tonight i thought niskanen had a big hit in this game i thought haig had two big hits in this game i think that they're there my friend you're just this, you're just this not one's see- gonna make you smile you're just not seeing them was it over when the germans bombed pearl harbor no it wasn't david mako there you go i'm glad you're glad you're excited chris mac says the flyers bloggers and analytics crowd on twitter think they know hockey and you should bow to them yeah well, yeah, guess okay. what yeah Jimmy I will, Cook. I will, uh, ne- I will never bow before Zod. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jimmy Cook says, missing, goes by the name G, last seen wearing blar- <laughs> black and orange sweater with a huge C on it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. Gary Heller says, I have one fewer goal than Couturier, Giroux, Konechny, and JVR combined. Oh, boy. Uh, a lot of people saying that Brian Elliott probably needs a look tomorrow. Put TK back with Coots, says uh, Big City Dwight. Jack K says they can win this. Isles have been better. What do they need to do? Sick of being disappointed. Um, is, is there a comment from Chris Freed in there? I know I, I, he put a real yeah, long a, one there, in. There was a huge and then, one, yeah. and then somebody put a comment in. Are you going to answer Chris? So I, I wanted to see what okay, he wanted to say. Uh, he said, I don't think the two-day delay hurt the club tonight. The team started strong. With that being said, game four on a back-to-back is not good. Game four is essentially a must-win. Going down 3-1 would be a death sentence to the Flyers. Chances in the series. Sorry, fellas. The team hasn't played well enough to believe they can win three in a row after going down three one. Um. Well, I mean, obviously, tomorrow is far is in a far more important game for the Flyers than it is the Islanders. I yeah. mean, there's there's no doubt. I mean, I, no one's gonna going to doubt that. And yes, the odds become a hell of a lot longer if you lose tomorrow night to come back and win the series um, three games to one. But I do want to look at something here real quick as I'm pulling it up on my phone. Um, the one thing I, that I want to say is, um, you know, the Islanders didn't really use their fourth line a lot mm-hmm. uh, in this game. And, you know, Matt Martin only had nine oh two, and I'm looking at the I'm looking at ice times. You know, Mayfield had over twenty minutes. Um, that's that's rare for a second pair guy. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's possible that these guys, you know, who, you know, when was the last time the Islanders played back to back? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, you're talking about the Flyers maybe not looking good coming into a, uh, going into a back to back situation. Who the hell knows how the Islanders will, will look? Here's an interesting back to back. Chris McDouble says Wayne Fish said Sean Couturier is hurt. It's clear as day to him that Coots has a left arm and sh- or shoulder injury. Um, so I love Wayne. Um, you know, Wayne's been covering this team since they won the Stanley Cup in the 70s. That was his first year. I think 75 was his first year covering the team. So he's been he's been around 45 years covering the team. Um, but he's sitting ho- at home just like we are. Um, and I'm not certain that Wayne's getting any information out of the bubble. I think that's a speculation. I don't necessarily know that he's wrong. I mean, he could be right on. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't ride that as 100% certainty. I Coots doesn't look right to me in a lot of ways. And I don't think it's a shoulder. Um, it, if, if it was his shoulder, if he had a shoulder injury, especially his left shoulder, he wouldn't be in there taking all those face-offs. And he had a decent night on, uh, in the draw tonight, I believe. Uh, where's the face-off wins and losses? Uh, Coots, Coots, Coots was 8 of 15, so 53%. I mean, that's close to his average. Um, I think he was right around 54, 55 in regular season. So, um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know if he's winning that many draws if he's got a bum left shoulder. I did have somebody pass along some information to me saying that my speculation about the potential uh, head not being totally in it given the circumstances of uh, – birth of child right before leaving for the bubble might have uh, more legs to it than previously thought. That's, that's great. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I I know we're wrapping this up here, Russ, because of the time. Um, we got it. Just got a comment. Chris Duffy. Uh, he's new here. Can you pull that one up? Sure. I can. Ant. thanks. I'm new here. Uh, is Anthony on the flyers payroll? Um, I was at one time, let's be, you know, in full disclosure, I did work for the team and got paid by the team back uh, from 2012 through 2014. Um, Since then, I have not been on the payroll. Um, I have been writing about the team since then for the last three years for Crossing Broad. And I would recommend that you check out crossingbroad.com, look at the Flyers coverage, and look at my stories going back over the course of three years. And I would say that you'll find that I'm probably the most critical beat beat writer who covers this team. Is that fair to say, Russ? If we if you look at the other beat writers covering this team, who's written more critical stories? Who's written the most critical stories over the last three years? Me. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's Anthony. Old old Anthony. Uh, he kind of rattles the cages of some people. Yeah. Uh, over over there. Uh, yeah, yeah, not on the payroll. If he were, it'd be great. He'd just, he'd probably split it with me, but here we are until then. Not so much. A lot of people calling out, uh, saying that Giroux doesn't look great because Hurrier's underperforming and that connect knee just doesn't look like himself. Um, but then David Mako says the Giroux haters are the same ones who used to boo Mike Schmidt in greats. Um, T asks an interesting question. I've seen a bunch of people throwing this out. No, we see ghost next game seems to play well for one game. LOL. After being benched. No, I don't see a way. If that happens, that to me is an ultimate panic move and it will come back to kill them. They will go down three, one, because if you remember, I think it was in the first intermission, somebody had mentioned how much better Justin Braun has looked with Hague in the lineup. And that is not a coinky dink. Okay. That that's an actual thing. And we'll get into that at some point in more detail. Anthony's up against it and, you know, won't send his daughter an Uber. So, you know, we got to wrap the thing up. 45 minutes away. Won't send her an Uber. (laughs) Ubers go 45 minutes. You need to set up a carpool. That's what you need. Uh, Let's just see real quick if there's another thing. So Raffle for Farabee isn't enough. Braun and Thompson suck, says Ryan Smitty, who's just just came in here all all guns blazing. Um, Spinning wheels through life says Ant has been fair. David Mako says Aunt Sam Philly is not Dave Spadaro. Thanks. Shay Zim says Ant is the goat. Wow. Mm, I don't know if I'm the goat. Uh, MDF going after you says, uh, funny how you talk crap about another writer speculating, 
Who's the troll? I didn't talk crap about it. I just said it was a speculation. Let's not take it as fact. That's all I said. Okay. And Wayne is a friend of mine. And a I very could, close personal friend. I could text him right now. The godfather to his it. children. All I'm saying is, is that you can't take that as a fact reporting. It is exactly what you call it. Flashboy. M-D-F. It is speculation. Thank speculation. you. Okay. There you go. Uh, let's see. And, and by the way, he just said, ignore me. Can't take the heat. Why have a podcast? What? So guess what, MDF? Oh, boy. Uh, guess what? Anthony's going to war. No, 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 no. I'm not, I, no. I, I'm, that's, I'm not going to war. I'm not going to war. What I say to people like this guy is Uh-oh. bring it every episode. Come on. Every, in, in the, uh, every time we do press row show, I want it pregame, inter- intermissions, postgame. Bring your comments, bring everything you say, and guess what? We'll throw you out there because all that's going to show is you're listening to us, you're paying attention to us, you're making our podcast better because it's one more person that's listening and following along, and at the same time, we get to expose you as the troll that you are. So it's it's a win-win for everybody. So yeah. keep just keep coming, pal. I, just, I, just I love want, it. I just want to, oh, jeez. Anyway, we got to wrap this, Russ. All right. Well, we're uh, we're gonna be back tomorrow night, so don't don't worry. And MDF says, "Hey, absolutely, will do, brother." MDF, I think you're great. I think you should come on all the time. And I just like seeing Anthony get worked up. So we could coordinate. All right, we're gonna coordinate our attack <laughs> going forward. I l- listen. Let's you know what? Let's bring him on. I don't let's think. Get, let's get him. Give I don't him a think, link. Listen, give him the link. Think, have him on the show. I, I do not think that Claude Giroux is a fraud. But my God, I love, I mean, listen, of all the things, fraud Giroux, the fact that that's becoming a thing, it's like the anti San Filippo. Come on. I've heard that for mantra. 15 years, fraud Giroux. Well, 12, oh, just, I mean, 12 it's, years. Come it's on, it's, it's pretty interesting. All right. Enough. And uh, Spinning Way Wheels says, uh, Ant, slam the wine. You earned it. After I go pick up my Ryan Smitty, by the way, says, new to watching, but really enjoyed the show. Appreciate how you keep it real. So just for those who might have joined us for the first time tonight, uh, we've got the podcast, Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast. We've got that available for you on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music. You can find us there. Subscribe to the show. We do the Press Row Show every pregame, first, second intermission, and, of course, post game. And we're going to be back here tomorrow night. A very short turnaround. Hopefully, this team is able to rebound. Hopefully, the coach doesn't have to fight off more nonsensical things written by the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll see. We'll see everybody in less than 24 hours. I'm Russ Joy. You can find me on Twitter at Joy on Broad. Joined, as always, by Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find over on Twitter at Philly. Of course, the Press Row Show is presented by Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Find us over on Twitter at Snow the Goalie, on Instagram at Snow the Goalie, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie. Anthony, we uh, we thought that we'd be doing game three as part of a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Was not in the cards. We had a postponement of games as the NHLPA and the Hockey Diversity Alliance uh, met together, opted to postpone the games that would have taken place Thursday and Friday. As such, game three is tonight. Game four tomorrow. We maintained the back-to-back, which changes things. I think is going to change a couple of lineup things that we had predicted for game three. Before we get into all that, how are you on this beautiful evening? Saturday, what is it? August 29th, 2020. Uh, I'm pretty not happy, to be honest with you. Oh. Not happy. Okay. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you even know if we want. uh, Yeah. Hey, you're going to say hi to everybody back there? That's my mother in the background. That's your mom? My mom is in the background. Uh, the video and, and everybody, you know, that everybody's watching the show right now. She decides, she decides to make an appearance. Um, uh, but uh, she didn't. T- she's, she's complaining that I didn't tell her that I was on. I want my, Mama that San Filippo on. That like, our I pictures, know, I want to know how you our pictures like are that. on the screen. She sees me talking and she has no idea. She that just, this they is just shut up. She that's she's how I shut up every time. Oh, just shut up. That's oh, my that's beautiful. Do me yeah. a favor. Move your uh, move your camera away so we don't get that light messing up your back. Now the other way. Nah, there we go. It messes yeah, up the, the contrast. It's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, here we go. All right. Um. Anyway, no, but I, the reason I'm not happy, and I don't know if you know, even know if we should get into this. 
oh, here I think, in the pregame. I think we have some time, right? How much time do we have until puck drop? Is it a seven o'clock or is it a seven ten? Well, it'll probably be a little after seven o'clock. Okay. I mean, the the, t- the the broadcast begins at seven, right? Yeah. Um, we uh, could touch on it now and then, like, really hit it in the post game. Yeah. I That's think fine. we're definitely going to hit it on uh, Snowy Goalie this week because we're going to do an episode following Game 4, obviously. There's going to be a little bit of time between uh, Game 4 and, and Game 5, so I know we'll probably get into it in more detail there, but go ahead. I, I have a real problem with everybody taking the... Uh, uh, you know, calling AV out for what he said or did not say during his press conferences this week. Um, I, I just... I have a real, I just have a problem with the whole thing, uh, Russ. I mean, you know, he's getting slaughtered. He was getting slaughtered in Canada. I mean, we, I don't know if you saw the, the commentary from, um, from Craig Button. Good God. The other day. That was horrific. Where he called him ignorant, abhorrent, what he said was indefensible, called it woeful. Um, it was, it was just, it was just pathetic. That, that it went to that extreme. And things like that is what caused Vigneault to come back out for his press conference today, yeah. where he was where it was said that he read this pre-written statement that he had written, okay? Mm-hmm. Where I will tell you, having watched it, part of it I think was pre-written, but I think a lot I think there were segments of it where he was just going off of notes mm-hmm. and he wasn't he wasn't reading something that he wrote out. This was not a PR speech that was written for him. This no. was him speaking from his heart and telling you how he felt, telling you what what took place, being completely and and 100% honest with you, okay? And said, "I am guilty of not knowing what was going on around me." He says that. And when he said it, he said it with emotion. He said it where you can see in his face that he was almost breaking up about it. Like it bothered him. Yeah. It bothered him that he had to address this today. And he came out and he gave it. He left it all out there for you today. And I, and I thought, okay, the guy shouldn't have had to do this, but he did it fine. We're okay. This, this should make it okay. And then we see a column in the Philadelphia Inquirer today. And the column is written by a friend of mine. Uh, and I got I to gotta say that, and it'll be in a, a story that I may write tomorrow. Marcus Hayes is a friend of mine. All right. We've tr- we've traveled all over the place together. We've, you know, broken bread together. You know, w- he played on my softball team. I mean, Marcus and I are friendly. Okay. Very friendly. I often think sometimes that he gets uh, criticized too much for what he, what he writes. Okay. I think that sometimes he gets too much criticism. And I think it's important to say this first before we dive into what he wrote about. But it's important to say that Marcus is a guy that I would want to hear his opinion on what's going on in the world, right? I would like to know Marcus's take on it because here I am, right? I'm just a white guy, right, in a time of social unrest and, and, and needs for change and social justice. So Marcus is a guy that I would really want to know his opinion. Because he's lived a different experience in his life than I have, than you have. Okay, so I need to I need to have that presented to me. But for Marcus to sit there and and to criticize Av for doing what he did today, and, and to to basically say that it's because he's a white guy and his white privilege forces him to have this macho need this need for a macho response. Okay, and then to say that it was a predictable response by a 59-year-old white male Canadian millionaire, that is, that is labeling someone and making a, a, a judgment about all 59-year-old Canadian white men millionaires. Now, there might not be a lot of them. There may not be a lot of them, but I'm certain that there are plenty. Okay? And he's labeling them all the same way. And that's kind of going completely against, completely against, What's happening here? And it's it's besmirching the coach. And it's causing him a lot of anguish. I can tell you, I've heard from people today. I've heard from people within the organization today. This has bothered the coach. And if it's bothering the coach, 
and he's now not being able to do his job at the best of his ability, it's affecting the hockey team and the people who want to sit here and say, well, why aren't we talking about hockey? Well, guess what? This is having an impact on your hockey team. This could have an impact for your team tonight, okay? Because the coach is so distraught about this. And why? Because we all want to put, tell a story. Because us, the, those of us in the media, I'll tell you, anytime I'm talking to someone and I hear them in an interview or whatever and they t- say something, I think in my head, is this a story? Is this a story? Is this a story? Like, we always want to make a story out of something. That's what we do as members of the media. We want to find a story and write it and tell it to you, okay? That's our job, and that's what we're always looking for, all right? But what we're doing here is we are creating a story that's not there. And it's not just Marcus. I don't want to just, I don't want to just pigeonhole Marcus in this. His is the most recent column that came out. It came out this afternoon, okay, just a couple hours ago. So it's not just him. We all do this, okay? And it pisses me off as, as a member of the media. It pisses me off. Like, we cannot have this continue. Look, I, I have – I don't even want to get into the, the, the actual yeah. social justice Pause. end of things. Pause. Because I, I agree with Marcus on that, on, on, what he's, on what he stands for. I agree 100% with him. But to turn it on the coach for, for choosing to be oblivious – for, or, or maybe he's not comfortable talking about it, you know? English is not his first language. Not that that's an excuse, but I'm just saying, maybe there's a thing that he doesn't, he's not folk, he doesn't want to feel comfortable talking about it. That's his right. We shouldn't be killing him for, for exercising that right. And now it's going to have, it could have a negative impact on your hockey team tonight because so, of how we've approached this. So it's wrong. It was a great impassioned bit that you had. Thank you. That's very well done. I want to get into a post game when we, you know, when we can. Yeah, because if they lose, then it's going to be something, right? Yeah, well, it's going to be an even bigger thing. Um, but I do think there's a whole lot more in that conversation. I will say that I think uh, Marcus's colleague at the Inquirer really effed this up too. And I think that it's a big part of why things went sideways like they did. And I got, you know, for the most part, people seem like they agreed, but the problem with reporters trying to transcribe in real time is sometimes you cherry pick a quote or you hear something, it sticks with you and you, you put out what you think you heard and you don't give proper context. And then what that does is incite really a massive fire. And I think that Sam Carcitti is responsible for a lot of this because he opted to throw something out. He's got 45,000 followers on Twitter. And he put something out that made every, I mean, the way that he framed it was not great. And when you have 45,000 followers who see it without context, they're, of course, they're going to jump all over it. And the part of the quote that he picked was arguably the worst part of the, of the thing AV said on Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday, sorry. And people need to realize, and this is part of the problem with, when people have a big social media platform and they don't understand the ramifications of being irresponsible with it, the kind of negative repercussions it can have. And what we saw, and I think what we've now seen, is for two or three days, Elaine Vigneault's had his name dragged through the mud. And he, he's been called like a bigot for not you know speaking out more forcefully on Thursday. And so I want to get into this after the game. I'd like to get into it for the episode of Snow the Goalie this week because I think it's a much broader conversation that we need to have. But like we've now seen two people with the Inquirer, I think, really mess this whole thing up. And I think like at some point, somebody over there has to rein the crew in and say, let's take a second to figure this out and to get it right instead of just throwing crap against a wall. At some point, it has to happen. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's only one person over there that I know of that we see quite often at Flyers games who also happens to write similar sorts of columns. And I haven't seen him weigh in on it yet. So I'm hoping that maybe he's going to be the voice of reason. That's Mike Sielski. So we'll see if it happens or not. I'm not sure.